This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So uh, today we're going to be doing the final 26 players from the 75th anniversary team. So technically it's like the 76th anniversary team, I guess. I, I don't know. Some votes were tied, so it was like, yeah, it ended up being 76 players. So, yeah, we're going to be doing the last 26 today. And, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so uh, first off is Ray Allen. Um, no arguments for Ray Allen. He's the all-time leading three-point holder until Steph Curry will eventually break that, as uh, I believe he'll be later on in this list. And something interesting about Ray Allen is that it gets talked about all the time, but it's still amazing to me how... He had like almost two careers, essentially. He starts out in Milwaukee. You know, he's not really a shooter that much. He's just super athletic. One of the bounciest guys ever. Just all-around complete athlete. Then he goes to Seattle where he kind of starts to evolve. Starts shooting a little more threes, but still very athletic. Then he gets traded to, um, or was he signed? to the? He goes to Celtics. Where it completely changes. Now he has he's surrounded by Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and then Rondo gets in there, and you're like, wow, Rajon Rondo's really good. And all he does is just shoot the three, and he's really good at it. And that's where he became the all-time three-point leader in Boston. And then he goes to Miami and basically wins a championship for them. I mean... No, no one can argue me on that, that Ray Allen won that championship over the Spurs for the Heat. And it's like, man, he's he's great. He's one, he's one of the best. Don't want to say the best. He's one of the best to shoot, the, to ever just shoot in general. Great shooter overall. And, uh, yeah, congratulations, Ray Allen. Next up is Carmelo Anthony. Okay. I get Melo is a great scorer. I get that he can create just about anywhere. Does he really deserve to be over guys like Bernard King, Alex English, and uh, Chris Mullen? If there's an argument for him, and I'm like, I'm all right with him being on this list, but I would love to hear the arguments for him over the other guys that I just mentioned. Mel, great scorer, all-time, uh, like, top. He's in the top ten. He might even be, like, top five scoring at this point. Interesting because, like, the league, like, left him behind for a couple years there when he was going to Oklahoma City. Then he gets traded to the Hawks for Dennis Schroeder. But then the Hawks just release Melo. So then he's like, okay, I'm going to go to the Rockets. And, you know, Rockets love to shoot a lot of threes. I would love to be there. But it's like him and D'Antoni aren't really, like, they don't work at all. And so it's just like, yeah, Melo hit, like, what, one game winner? Or maybe just a game clincher for the Rockets. And it was, like, week one of the season. They're like, okay, yeah, Melo, you, uh, you've you done your part. All right, cool. 
And then it's just like he was gone for about like six months. And then all of a sudden, like the trailblazers come and they're like, Mel, you want our shot? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he does really well. And now he's on the Lakers where somehow he's having a revival. It's, I mean, it's probably because LeBron James, but it's like, yeah, all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, I'm great again now. I don't want to say great because I mean, he's done. It's all very early in the season. He's done. He's done good in production wise, but yeah, he's somehow great. Like somehow good again. I almost said great. <laughs> he's almost good again. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm a little torn on this one, but obviously everyone on this list is deserving to be in the in the conversation for it, and they beat out the rest of them. So congratulations, on Carmelo Anthony. Next up is Elgin Baylor and. I talked about him a few months ago. It's been a while, actually. That was because he passed away this year. Uh, just, it's weird because he wasn't able to get a ring, and people discredit him for that, which, if you listen to my episodes in the past, uh, that shouldn't matter at all. But, man, him and Jerry West were such a good combo together, but no one will ever talk about it because... I mean, they didn't win a ring together. But Elgin, unbelievable scorer for his time. I mean, he scored 61 points in a playoff game that was has only been beat by Michael Jordan with 63. So, I mean, yeah, Elgin Baylor, really good. If you're going off of his career as a GM, yeah, you're probably uh, not putting him on the list. But, uh, yeah, it's not what matters. It's just what they did as a player for the NBA and what they've done for the league. Elgin Baylor did a ton for the league, growing their popularity, especially when they get to L.A. They're not that popular. The Lakers aren't. I mean, they're from Minneapolis. What do you expect? That was when, like, L.A. had the Rams, and I don't think they had the Raiders at that point. But, yeah, it's like, and you know, you got the Dodgers were coming in there. It's like all these teams were moving to L.A., and the Dodgers were getting a lot of publicity back then. The Rams were getting quite a bit of publicity back then. But when the Lakers came, Elgin had to shine, and he did, and he made pretty – like, no one shows up to Showtime without Elgin Baylor. I know that that team was great, and it started to bring in a lot of celebrities. But, like, Elgin brought in some celebrities to Lakers games. And brought in kind of a Tinseltown kind of vibe to the team. Instead of like, oh yeah, we're from um, Minneapolis. Don't worry about the Laker name. It doesn't make sense in L.A. But it's all right. Don't want to get rid of our original name, do we? I mean, come on. There's zero lakes out here. But uh, yeah, we're going to keep the name. So yeah, Elgin Baylor. I don't know (laughs) what that was all about. Uh, Elgin Baylor, uh, 1,000%. Congratulations. Uh, I wish that he was here to uh, know that he had this honor. Next up is Dave Bing. Uh, it's tough because I don't know that much about Dave Bing. Really, all I know is I went to Syracuse. So, um, yeah, I went on his basketball reference. Just And look on top, I mean, obviously, Hall of Famer. I mean, if you're not in the Hall of Fame and on this list, uh, it's kind of messed up unless you're a current player. But a seven-time All-Star, a three-time All-NBA, 75-76 All-Star MVP, 66-67 Rookie of the Year. 
67-68 scoring champ. So in his second year in the league, he's already leading in scoring. It would be impressive if, you know, Elgin Baylor, not Elgin Baylor, Elvin Hayes didn't do it in his rookie year. But still an amazing accomplishment. 66-67 all-rookie and, of course, the NBA 75th anniversary team member. Played for the Celtics for a year. Huh. Didn't know that. So, with Dave Bang, I think he was just quick. Like, he, like, here's what I'm thinking from the top of my head. I could be wrong, whatever. Um, with Dave Bang, I'm pretty sure that he was very quick, get to the rim easily, and could create around the rim. And, yeah, and that's pretty much all I have in Dave Bang. It's a lot of years in Detroit and then Washington for the Bullets. I don't remember him in Washington. I don't remember him for the Pistons, but that's where he played a lot of his career. And, of course, Boston, he was there, I guess. So, congratulations to Dave Bing. I'm sorry I don't know more about him. Uh, next up, uh, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I mean, what are you, you going to say? You know? Uh, started out like when the Lakers drafted him. Everyone's kind of thinking, really? I don't. I don't really know who this guy's gonna be. But Jerry West, when he was pitching Shaq for his contract to come to the Lakers, he said, "I got this kid, Kobe Bryant. He's gonna be, he's gonna be the greatest player ever, and we, I'm gonna pair him with you." And it didn't start out great, you know, where. Wasn't really getting that much, that many minutes, and then his first uh, playoff series against Utah, airballing a couple shots like right near the end. But you could tell, like, man, if he gets that down, he's gonna be great. And uh, it's really great. Uh, unable to chase Michael Jordan's ghost with the six rings, but the rings don't matter, and they don't. I mean, he won five, three with Shaq, two without, just. And everyone thought, like, yeah, no way he gets an R1 without Shaq. And, yeah, just two different careers. Of course, the 8 and the 24. Um, made his mistakes wearing the number 8. Really grew up in the number 24. And it's when you talk to people like in the media when they heard about Kobe passing was that I we watched him grow up and now we don't get to see that anymore. We were going to see Kobe raise his daughters and they were going to be possibly great. But it didn't happen. Uh the day that uh Kobe died, it was uh it was a weird day because like the Pro Bowl was going on you're watching a Pro Bowl and then I got on Snapchat and I follow these sports pages and it's like Kobe Bryant has apparently died in a car crash and then it's like no it was a helicopter crash and you're like what that's that's unbelievable and how how that story all how it all unraveled just 
a scary moment to think about and how he was with his daughter, Gianna. Uh, terrible, terrible. And of course, the other, the, the others, it was all a great loss of life that uh, shouldn't have happened. And, uh, and it was, and you know, Kobe was in the news like the day before because the Lakers were in Philadelphia. You know, Kobe's from Philadelphia. I mean, he's born in Italy, but I mean, he's born and raised, he's raised in Philly. And that was the night that Kobe was sitting courtside and LeBron just passed Kobe for third all time in scoring. And you see Kobe and LeBron have their moment. Like, hey, congratulations, man. Um, so, like, he was in the news, like, two days, two, maybe it was a day before. And you're just like, now he's gone. And now all we hear about is just the mama mentality stories, which I love hearing every single one of them. And no one really believed the whole mama mentality thing is what, uh, like some people did, but a lot of people just thought it was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. You just love to work hard. But it was like, no, that was him. And it's a shame. It's just a shame, man. I, uh, it's, it's a rough one to talk about. Uh, I know it happened uh, oh, more than a year ago now, but stuff like that, you don't really see your legends like that uh, just pass away in that manner, really. It's just you see these guys as if they're immortal, but then you find out they are just as mortal as everyone else. And that losing a legend like that at that age, I don't want to see it happen again. But, you know, life happens. A lot of, a few legends have died at a very young age. Wilt was, he was getting up there, but it's still young, them younger than what we wanted to see. Uh, Pistol Pete. I have cancer at a very young age. And it's just makes you sick, you know, just how all that unfolded. So uh, Kobe Bryant, 1,000% deserving. Uh, it's a shame, man. I wish you, I, when I say Elgin, I wish Elgin would have been here. I also wish Kobe would have been here because you know that he would have been out there with his whole family and his, all of his daughters. And it was going to be a great moment. It's a shame. Okay, so uh, next up is Billy Cunningham. And uh, I don't know that much on Billy Cunningham. I know he was great in the ABA. But, just, I, again, I go. I went to his basketball reference. Uh, Hall of Fame, obviously. Uh, five-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA uh, all ABA for 72-73, 72-73 MVP as well. An NBA champ in 67, ABA all-time team, and a 1965-66 all-rookie, and, of course, the NBA 75th anniversary team. 
averaging 21 points, 10 rebounds, four assists with 45% uh, field goal percentage, 73% from the free throw line. Uh, Again, I'm sorry I don't know more about these people, but I mean, he's deserving. And it's just uh, actually started out in the NBA for the Sixers and then went to the ABA for the Carolina Cougars, in which, I mean, that'd be great to have a jersey of that team. Uh, seemed like a very durable player. He led leagues in, school, in uh, games for three years. And, yeah. So, uh, congratulations to Billy Cunningham. Uh, 100% deserving. Next up is Steph Curry. And, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. How do you even question it? You don't, for one. I don't, I don't see anyone arguing with it. But um, greatest shooter of all time probably will be for... I don't know. Let's see. Reggie lasted about 20 years. Then Ray Allen took it over. And then like Ray Allen held that for like two years because Steph came in. But yeah, he's just a king of three pointers. I don't know what you want to say. And just how everyone over the past year was just doubting him. Be like, ah, yeah, it's not, not 2015 anymore. Yeah, right. Look, he's a unanimous MVP. Not that an MVP matters to be on this list because not every MVP made it, but unanimous MVP, rare. Um, just incredible. Not only, okay, revolutionized the game by having three-pointers, but just making them all the time, shooting them from wherever. Pretty much saying, everyone says that he changes the geometry of the basketball courts because he does. You cannot guard him out that far, but he's still going to shoot it and make it. And then when you do guard him out that far, he's quick enough to go right by you and just do a little teardrop floater or maybe even get all the way to the rim where he's a great creator around the rim. I've talked about this before when back in January, Steph Curry was going off. and Or maybe not January. It was more like March or April. But it was like, man, you got to stop doubting the guy and how it's surprising he's even here right now because it started out his career. It was like a f- three or four different ankle injuries. And you're like, this dude isn't even going to make it to like year five. But the Warriors had faith. They kept him. They traded Monte Ellis. Remember that? Everyone was up in arms. When the Warriors traded Monte Ellis for a uh, Bogut to the Bucks, and Bogut becomes a big part of that team, but just relying on Steph Curry is the best part. He's the most loyal person ever. If he does, if he goes to a different NBA team, the league will shut down. Basically, like you don't see as many people anymore. You had Kobe, Dirk, Tim Duncan. That's pretty much it. For like the main guys in the past couple years, LeBron's been bouncing around all the time. Kevin Durant bounces around like I don't know, like every other Tuesday. It seems like. 
Kyrie, it's every other two hours. And at that point, you're just, you know that he loves the city, even though they've changed, they technically changed city. They went from like San Francisco to Oakland, which is like the same place, I, I think. I don't know. Don't. Uh, it's a, it's in the Bay Area. It's all that matters. You know, he cares for the Bay. And um, just an incredible player, an incredible person. Just one of the better people we've had for the league. And um, incredible person, incredible player. Congratulations, Steph Curry. Next up is Anthony Davis. And, you know, I'm kind of like, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, really? But I'm like, hold on. Because, like, that was my first reaction. Like, oh, they're just going to put all the Lakers from this year on here? Because it was like, you knew LeBron was going on there. Then they had Melo. And you're like, they're really going to do this. But Anthony Davis is probably the best power forward ever. I mean, in my opinion, it's Charles Barkley. But Anthony Davis, everyone's going to say he's better because he won the ring and all that. Do you remember like ah, 2017 or somewhere around 2016-17? Anthony Davis was dropping like 50 points every other night. And it was like for for a month too, it seemed like. And you're just... That was a year where a bunch of people were going off. Like Harden was putting up... A lot of numbers. I think that was Harden's MVP year. I think his first one. Yeah, that was the MVP year. And it's just, uh, Amy Davis was doing really good. And then, uh, not that it matters, but like in the All Star game, he, uh, broke the record for scoring, which I think, did Paul George break the record in Toronto? I don't, I don't remember. Cause I remember, uh, because he was on a pace for some time, and I told my dad, I was like, it looks like Paul George is going to break a Wilt Chamberlain scoring record, and he goes, he shouldn't, because, you know, Wilt's passed away now. It, would kinda, it wouldn't be right, you know. You would, I, He's like, I would keep that record forever. But then, I, I can't remember if he broke it. Anthony Davis so destroyed it, pretty much. But uh, And he did it in New Orleans, when they, the night they traded for DeMarcus Cousins, everyone's like, okay, the Pelicans might actually win the championship now. And I was like, all right, yeah, they're just going to go like the second round. But with Davis, it's just, he, yeah, when it's all said and done, he's probably the best power forward ever. It might be tough for people to say that, but the power forward position is like so weak, you know? Like Tim Duncan, he's kind of like a power forward center. So, like, some people count and some people don't. Kevin Garnett, not not better than Malone or Barkley, but that's pretty much it for power forwards. Like, small forwards, you can talk pretty much all day about some of the greatest players at that position. The power forward is really weak. So, uh, yeah, Amph Davis is probably the greatest power forward when it's all said and done. Next up is Dave DeBusher. And really all I know so he started out in Detroit, then went to the Knicks, and then he was the commissioner for the ABA when the merger happened. So unlike George Mike, and he got it done. And he was also the general manager for the Knicks during the, during the supposed tampering 
or rigging of the draft to get Patrick Ewing. I'm not saying what happened, but you could look up the video for yourself. But also went on basketball reference just to be sure what all happens. A Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, All-NBA for 68-69, 62-63 All-Rookie, two-time champ, six-time All-Defensive team, and, of course, the NBA 75th anniversary team. Um, yeah, I'm, I think without, I don't think with Dave, without David Busher, I don't think the Knicks really win the, those that championship in, uh, like 73 and maybe not in 70. It's just when he was brought in, it's just toughness and it's exactly what they needed. And at toughness, you're like, and you're like, how's it even possible to get more toughness when you have Jerry Lucas and Willis Reed? He's like, yeah, it happened. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to tell you it happened. Yeah, so, um, yeah, David Busher, uh, congratulations. Next up is LeBron James. What do you want me to say, people? It's LeBron James. I mean, we knew he was going to be good ever since he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which he's not the first uh, high school player to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That belongs to Indiana's own Rick Mount. Uh, boiler up. But, um, sorry, I'm taking away from LeBron. Sorry. that This is LeBron's moment. I'm sorry. I got very agreed with that. Yeah, what do you want me to say? I mean, ever since being on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school, we're just like, yeah, this dude's going to be pretty good. And, you know, it's just the years in Cleveland, the first years in Cleveland, and it's like, this dude is great, but can he win? And then he goes to the finals with that just atrocious team where he's starting like Daniel Gibson and uh, Eric Snow. And you're like, how did he put the team on his back? I mean, they got destroyed in the finals by the Spurs. But it's like, hey, this LeBron guy, uh, he can really carry a team. And then it's just like, um, there goes Miami. And, you know, everyone's kind of like, eh, you know, not a big fan of him in Miami. But, and, you know, everyone likes to say, man, I just love how they didn't win seven championships. Because, you know, you know, the ceremony, like the whole pep rally, not one, not two, not three. Not four, not five, not six. He's like, no, it's actually two. But, you know, it's it's fine. You know, he got there. But um, then he goes back to Cleveland. And, you know, they trade for Kevin Love and they already have Kyrie. And you're like, ooh, this game's going to be a problem. And then, you know, Cavs Warriors for the next, let's see, that was 2014 when he came in. The last one was 28. So four-year span, just Cavs Warriors. And you're like, oh, when is it going to end? But then 2016 finally does it. And that was when we were like, okay, this guy's been in consideration for the greatest of all time. I think now is like a legit consideration. Doing that, coming back from 3-1, the first time to ever do that in the finals. I'm not saying that LeBron did it by himself. I mean, like, Kevin Love, I think he was... No, he wasn't hurt in that one. But, like, Kyrie hit that last shot to seal the deal. Man, 
LeBron's block, that will that could be the NBA logo one day. I mean, tell me why not? And the way that he uh, tries to put his hands on both sides of the rim, he does it. He hits the rim with the he hits the rim of his left hand, which technically is goaltending. But yeah, no way. You know the refs are going to swallow the whistle on that one. But blocks and man, he was that was so good. And you know the screaming for Cleveland. This is for you. And um, then he goes to L.A. and he wins there. So it's like he's won everywhere he's gone. I mean, unless you're counting two stints for the Cavs. But uh, at that point, yeah, he still won in Cleveland. Winning one in uh, in the bubble for L.A. Then it's like, man, they're probably going to win this year. It's hard not to have the Lakers as your uh, title pick right now. It's like it's either Lakers or Nets. And if you don't have those two, I mean, you're just trying to be different, which, hey, good for you. But, um, yeah, LeBron, what do you want me to say? <sighs> it's going to be tough for people. I've said this before. LeBron might be the best ever. Like, just when you look at his progression through his career, like, Michael Jordan had good progression, but he just got stronger. Like, LeBron got stronger, learned how to shoot better, even though his form is, like, doesn't even look like it should work. Still athletic as ever when he's 36, 37. Probably going to be leading in scoring. I mean, unless it was like this last year where he only plays like 40 games. But, yeah, LeBron, when it's all said and done, could be the greatest. By the way, did you see that thing where uh, like Scotty Pippen... <laughs> said that um, Jordan put out the Last Dance documentary because he didn't want younger kids thinking LeBron's a goat. I mean, Scotty Pippen's been saying some uh, kind of weird stuff over the past year, but why does that seem like it's such a Jordan thing for him to do? Because I guarantee they've been asking to do this, the Last Dance, for years now. Then, like, LeBron, he's, like, getting ready to win in L.A., and he's like, yeah, sure. Let's let's go ahead and do it. You know, and I was like, oh, okay. But I don't know. That's just sort of like a conspiracy thing to me. But that sounds like such a Jordan thing to do. Uh, Jason Kidd, if you're going off of who he is as a person, like I said before, you're not really putting him on here. But everyone's calling him like the next Magic. He's just a taller point guard. He's like six four, absolutely dishing it to everyone. I mean. Uh, let's see. Starts out in Dallas, where he's part of the uh, big three, where it's like, what was it, J-Cubed? He was with, it was like Jim Jackson, Jamal Mashburn, and Jason Kidd. Or, I don't know, J-Cube or something like that. It was really weird. Uh, then he goes to Phoenix in the trade for Steve Nash, I believe. He does really good there. Just, you know, dishing it out. You know, you know, you know what Jason Kidd does. I mean, come on now. Then he goes to New Jersey, where he's just throwing lobs to Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, and Kenyon Martin, and they make it to the finals. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> this, this team is really, really good. Uh, and then he goes back to Dallas, where he's part of the 2011 championship run. 
And then he goes to uh, New York where, you know, it doesn't really work out there. But now he's the head coach for the Mavericks. And uh, he was an assistant for El- for the Lakers when they won their title a couple years ago. So, uh, yeah, I would. Jason Kidd's definitely on there. Just, man, when he, when he made it to the finals against the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers destroyed them. But they were really good. And then they faced the Spurs, right? They were really good back then. Uh, then we got Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's probably the greatest defensive player ever. I mean, got a couple. I mean, Rodman's up there, obviously. But, like, Rodman also had the rebounding. Kawhi is just an animal on defense. I can't explain it. There's a 17-minute video so I have this playlist on YouTube, right? I'm a basketball guy, you know. I have like this playlist that's like over like a th- maybe two thousand videos, something insane like that. The first video I ever put in that is a 17 minute video of Kawhi Leonard defensive highlights, and this was like right when quarantine was going on. You know, we we're starving for content. And they put that out there, and I was like, you know, I'm going to make a playlist of these basketball videos and just make a giant compile, just compile it up. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard, 17-minute highlights on defense? Incredible. Amazing San Antonio where, like, he's scared of D-Wade and LeBron because they're like, I didn't hear him talk the entire time in the finals. And then he wins finals MVP for what he did against LeBron. And then he's still doing great. And then he's adding a scoring to him, like hitting just nonstop, just solid 18 foot jumpers, which I mean, I love them, but like nowadays it's kind of like, why are you shooting that? But um, then stuff doesn't really work out in San Antonio. I don't think he really likes Popovich that much. So he's like, I want to trade. And they're like, okay, uh, let's take, how about, you're going to Toronto, and we're going to get um, DeMar DeRozan, DeLon Wright, and Jakob Pertl for you. And, I, yeah, that didn't work out. Um, then Kawhi, in his one year in Toronto, just beats all the odds. Nah, I want to say all the odds because they were kind of favored there. But beating the 76ers on that last second shot where – that ball touched every single part of the rim, not even like rolling around it, like bouncing, bounced on every part of the rim. And that was in the conference semifinals. That's not even in the conference finals or even the finals. Then gets past the Bucks, and that was when like everyone's like, Giannis is gonna—he's so good. I don't know how anyone can stop him. Oh yeah, the Raptors can. Then they go to the finals against a depleted Warriors team. I mean, they didn't have Durant. Uh, Boogie Cousins was, like, not playing at all until the finals. <laughs> That's still one of the weirder signings, in my opinion. <laughs> Sign him for the veteran minimum because he's, like, an all-star caliber player, but he just doesn't play. Then they win. I mean, they win. It's, and it's just uh, that really solidified Kawhi's greatness. Solidified his greatness in Toronto, but also in history for basketball. And then I was watching a video on this earlier today, and it reminded me. 
Do you guys remember Kawhi's uh, free agency when he decided to go to the Clippers? Yeah, because no one does. He kept everyone in the dark. And how he went that long with no one hearing. Like, there's a video of Windhorse for ESPN saying, of all the resources we have here at ESPN, of all the great reporters we have, and all the insiders we have, we have nothing on Kawhi Leonard's free agency. And it's like, uh, okay, but then it's like, the Clippers trade for Paul George. And they gave up, like, I don't know, a million picks. They're like, what's going on? And then Kawhi goes to the Clippers, they're like, whoa, hang on. They're, are they going to beat the Lakers? No, turns out. But, you know, it's just, it's still going to be a great rivalry for the next few years. And, you know, there was at one point where I went home from trying for a weekend. I think this was like freshman. It had to have been freshman year of college. And um, I come back after we, and I get, and I get there around, I don't know, three, four o'clock, something like that. And right when I got there was the four o'clock game of Lakers versus Clippers. And I'm like, all right, that's must see TV. I got to sit down and watch that. And it was a great game. I can't remember when exactly it was, maybe around January or February. But, um, man, they were good. And it's just, that whole game was amazing. And then, you know, and then I wasn't even, uh, I was like kind of worried, you know, doing the rest of this list because it was like, man, it was released like two weeks ago. I'm going to be behind. But the NBA released a whole um, video of like a ultimate mixtape for all these players. I forgot about Kawhi's one finger block. That happened like this year. But I'm like, I completely forgot about it. And I saw him like, oh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, Kawhi's good. Uh, Yeah, 100% deserving. Next up is Damian Lillard. Um, just a question here. I know Damian's great and all. Did he get on this list just for that shot against the Thunder? Because honestly, if he did, I'm kind of fine with it. Because, you know, I don't really disagree that much with it. The only other point guard like I had on my snubs list was like Dennis Johnson. I saw a lot of people have Derrick Rose because he won MVP, and I'm like, well, that's it. Yeah, but look what he did for the rest of his career. Like, nothing yet, except for that 50-point game on a Valentine's Day, was it, when he was with the Timberwolves? Yeah, but uh, Damian Lillard started out Rookie of the Year. Coming from Weber State, you're kind of like, and he got picked like seventh overall. You're like, what is this? And... it's worth it. You know, it just revitalized Portland after some, there was some depressing times of Portland, you know, where you had Greg Oden just not getting healthy. And then Brandon Roy, who was like your shining light. The only thing that made you happy in the past 40 years like, just didn't have a knee, basically. <laughs> like, his knee kept getting injured. And you're just like, man. And then Damian Lillard comes, and it's like, hold up. Damian Lillard's doing really good. LaMarcus Aldridge's doing really good. You trade away LaMarcus Aldridge, but Damian Lillard's still really good. And they've been a consistent playoff team. 
So I'm I'm with the Damian Lillard pick, but if there is if we could sub out one person, I would throw in Dennis Johnson. Next up is Pistol Pete Maravich. Now I know he only played like ten years in the league, so his stats are kind of padded towards his in his favor. But he was still good. I mean. I retweeted a video, just the most insane passes you'll ever see coming from Pistol Pete. There's a move where uh, Kenny Smith talked about this, where he would watch Pistol Pete and he would be he would uh, be at top of the key, drive left, like bounce the ball, fake a pass like from his pocket, and the ball would be bouncing behind him. He'd turn around, grab the ball, then hit like an elbow jumper and just fake you out. He's the most creative person to ever play to ever play basketball, and it's, you're just like I would say he has the highest IQ, but Larry Bird is so up there. And you know, Pistol P is a close second. Just unbelievable. Unfortunately, passed away at a very young age, as I said earlier. And um, man, man, he was good. Just uh, unbelievable. I wish he was around because I want to hear the stories from him. Like, there's not that much on Pistol P, if we're being honest. Like, really, the only thing I hear about Pistol P is that in college, of course, he's the all-time leading scorer in NCAA, or he was for a long time. An assistant coach of his went back and shot, uh, charted all the shots. And he would have, uh, like, because there were no threes back then, he said that he would have added like a thousand more points or some some insane number if he would have had threes back then. But when it comes to the NBA, I'm glad that the NBA, the voters put them on put him on this list. Next up is Bob McAdoo. And um he was the one guy when if you go back if on YouTube, I could be ruining this, but probably not. Uh hopefully they don't get taken down. If you go on YouTube and you look up uh, Open Court, you remember Open Court, where it would have it would be like Ernie Johnson and like six or seven just former NBA players. Like you had uh, Charles, Shaq, Kenny. Obviously, those guys were in there. We had like Steve Smith, Brent Barry, uh, Isaiah Thomas for a little bit. Just all these Chris Webber, Reggie Miller. Those were the days when it was <laughs> when it was with uh, C Web and Reggie. But um, they did an episode where they were talking about the fifty, the fiftieth anniversary team, and they were doing a next ten, and um, everyone was said Bob McAdoo should have been on this list when you're like he was the hottest scorer in the league in Buffalo, which I believe that's what it says on the. Sports Illustrated cover he's on, which I have, which I got, I found that in like a, just an antique store for like, it was in a bundle and the bundle was like 15 bucks and I get a bunch of old Sports Illustrated. I'm like, whoa, but then he goes, uh, I think he bounces around for a little bit. Like he mainly he's in Buffalo, but then he goes to the Lakers during the Showtime era and is a six man off the bench. 
and just kills it, just scoring nonstop because he's just a great scorer. And no, no one could get why he was left off the list. So they definitely did him justice on this. And uh, yeah, 100% deserving. One of the be- greater scorers we've seen. Next up is Reggie Miller and y- boom, baby. Yes, come on. Reggie 1000% deserves to be on there. Basketball in Indiana, in NBA, the NBA is uh, like we no one cares. Reggie made people care about the Pacers, and ended up just he was the all time leader in three point scoring at that point. Once it was all said and done, just great clutch moments, just big exclamation points, and you know. Oh, I felt so happy when I saw Reggie up there because I was like so confused. I was like, I was so conflicted. I was like, man, I really want Reggie to be on there, but I don't know if they'll put him on there. And yes, come on. So excited. His reaction to uh, uh, him being announced as part of the team is crazy. They had him live on air and they told him, and. Man, that was a special moment. I be- I retweeted that. I had to retweet that. Uh, so if you want to, again, go deep diving on my Twitter or just look up on YouTube, you know, whatever you want. You tweet just on. It's just an incredible moment. And I'm so happy Reggie was on there. So, so happy. I'm so glad that the Pacers took him over Steve Alford in that draft. Next up is Earl the Pearl Monroe. Just silky smooth, man. Unbelievable just passer, just unbelievable ball moves. Just, oh, man, he was really good. Um, Yeah, he starts out in Baltimore. Then he goes to New York. And, then, like, I mentioned this last week, like, there was a backcourt of Earl the Pearl Monroe and uh, uh, Clyde Frazier. What? How is that even possible? And again, that's where I'm paying all this in my bank account to see them play together. And, you know, with that, 100% deserving Earl of Monroe. Look up his highlights. I don't think there's that many of them, but look up the ones that are available. Next up is Shaq. I mean, what do you want me to say? He's the most dominant player ever besides probably Will, even though he probably would destroy Will. It'd be one heck of a battle, I'll tell you that. Um, Yeah, Shaq is Shaq. Just starting out Orlando, very good, taking them to the finals, then going to L.A. where winning three championships in a row, Miami winning a championship there, Kind of slowing down after Miami, you know. He goes to Phoenix. Not that great there. But he's still an all-star. Then he goes to Cleveland, which, yeah, that's... Yeah, I bet Shaq wants to forget about that. Then to Boston, where, again, I probably wants that to be forgotten. And, yeah, you know, him on NBA on TNT, insane. But, yeah, Shaq is a player, undoubtedly the best at his position. 
Next up is Gary Payton, and the glove is my second favorite player on the list. Because, you know, like, I love me some Dennis Rodman. We're going to get to him later on. But Gary Payton, man, I just loved his defense, how intense he was, his trash talk, and how he could just back it up. See a lot of players where they just talk trash all the time, but they cannot do anything to back it up. GP could. And, you know, at in Seattle, one of the greater lob duos with Sean Kemp then leads them to the finals. Fortunately, couldn't get done. Gets traded to the Bucks. Is that right? For uh, Ray Allen? I know you. Yeah, trade from Seattle to the Bucks for Ray Allen. I don't think he's that great there. Then he goes to um, the Lakers, where if you were looking at that team, you're like, man, Kobe, Shaq, Robert Ory, Carl Malone, Rick Fox, Gary Payton. This team's going to go undefeated. Uh, they couldn't win the finals, but, uh, you know, whatever. Then he goes to Miami where he ends up winning a championship with Shaq. So, hey, I guess it did work out. But uh, Gary Payton, 100% deserving. No question. Next up is Paul Pierce. I get that he's a good clutch performer, okay? Does he really deserve to be on this list? I don't think he's better than Alex English or Bernard King or Chris Mullen. Alex English led the entire 80s in scoring. Think of all the players that played in the 80s. You had Magic and Bird in that time. You had six years of Michael Jordan in there. Alex English led the league for the entire decade in scoring. This might be because I'm not a fan of Paul Pierce as a broadcaster. And that could very well be uh, tampering with it, but... I really don't do not agree with this, in my opinion. Then we got Dennis Rodman, where I'm, I'm. This is so unintentional. I'm wearing a shirt of him and a Pistons shirt, a Rodman Pistons T-shirt. Deep. Oh man. You know, like some people say, that, like he's just uh, he helped teams win. That's straightforward. You know, and it's like when he starts out in Detroit, helps them win. The defense was insane on those teams, and he helped solidify. If you watch the video of Dennis Rodman against Charles Barkley for for a rebound, and Rodman tips it just a million different times to grab that ball, and him just jumping into the stands to get a ball just. If I pattern my game when I played off of one person, it's probably Dennis. I didn't have the size of him or anything like that, obviously. I mean, you know, I'm like 5'10 on a good day. But I just wanted that tenacity just to be able to just get a rebound whenever I wanted to and just hound people on the defensive end and it helped me so much just watching his highlights. 
And then he then he goes to San Antonio where he kind of gets a little crazy, but we're not gonna talk about that. Then he gets traded to Chicago. And it's like, do you think they can control Dennis Rodman? And man, once Dennis was there, it was over for everyone else. It was like Horace Grant helped out a lot in the first three championships for the Bulls. Dennis Rodman helped out a ton for the last three. And, man, he was great. Maybe not the best scorer, but, man, he, he could help out your team. Next up is Dolph Shays. Again, it's someone I don't know that much about, so I want a basketball reference. Uh, Hall of Fame, 12-time All-Star, uh, 1950-1951, total rebounding champ, 12-time All-NBA, and a 1955 NBA champion, averaging 18.5 points per game, 12 rebounds, and 3 assists, with a 38% field goal percentage, and 142 win shares. That is impressive. So, um, yeah, sorry I don't have that much more on him. Uh, congrats. Then we got Dwayne Wade, who... um. Man, if, hear me out. If LeBron isn't in the picture, just say that LeBron went on to play football or whatever. Dwayne Wade might be considered the second best player ever. Or maybe third because he would be behind Kobe probably. Dwayne Wade was that good, people. Like in his early years, the flash years. Insane. He was like, what, it was 2006 when, when they won the first championship? And he was like 24 or something like that, maybe even younger when they won. And he led that team. There's no question about it. Yeah, Shaq helped out. But Shaq told Dwayne Wade when he got there, hey, you're the guy. Like, don't let me stop you. And just incredible. Just quick, absolutely quick and athletic. Here's one thing about Dwayne Wade. Um, the first ever Slam magazine that I like owned, it was uh, on the cover was Brandon Jennings when he was with the Bucks. I think it was like his rookie year. Um, so there's a main story on him. But every every uh, issue, it comes out monthly. They have a Slam of the Month. Slam of the Month. And um, the first ever one that I saw was Dwayne Wade on Anderson Vergeau. And watching the video on that, it is nasty. And, oh, man. If there's one Dwayne Wade highlight you want, that I would recommend to you, it's Dwayne Wade, Anderson Vergeau. It's probably all you need to look up, and it'll be in there. But then it's like, then he wins two championships when LeBron comes in. And then he goes to Chicago, and everyone's like, okay. Lasted, like, I don't know, maybe a year. Then he gets traded to Cleveland to play with LeBron. And at that point, Dwayne Wade is like, man, it's just he's not effective anymore. And, you know, it's just like, it's, it's not, we're, they just sent him back to Miami for, like, I think a second-round pick. And um, he ended out... Really well, actually, for his age. Like, he hit that game winner against the uh, Warriors. 
where Kevin Durant blocked it. And then like Dwayne Wade somehow like put his right foot down behind the three point line. Cause they were down by uh two, I think, and just threw it up there and made it. Uh, yeah. Dwayne Wade, an incredible player. I think he's just super underrated, but in the time that he played, there was a lot of great players. So you honestly can't blame him, but he needs to be looked at a lot more. Then we got Russell Westbrook. And again, when I saw this, I was like, man, they're just putting on all the current Lakers, aren't they? But then I was like, wait a minute. Russell Westbrook literally beat Oscar Robertson's 45-year record of averaging a triple-double. And he did it again. So, you know, it's just like, man, I feel like it's just his like personality kind of gets me with it because he's just so arrogant. I mean, he deserves to be. He has every right to be. But it's like, man, just, yeah, calm down. But, uh, yeah, when he's in Oklahoma City, he was great, you know, breaking that record. But also early on, made it to the finals against LeBron in the Heat. Then he goes to, uh, gets traded to Houston, where that didn't really work out. But, I don't know, him paired with James Harden, you knew it wasn't going to work out. Then to uh, Washington, where it was like, yeah, I guess that kind of worked out. I mean, they made the play-in game. But now he's in LA and um not really I mean he's doing great he's doing good but he hasn't really stood out yet so far in the season so I'm curious to see how that will go the rest of the way. Next up is Lenny Wilkins. Now I only know Lenny Wilkins as a coach, right? He was a coach for the Supersonics back in the seventies when they won a championship. So um I decided to uh Going basketball reference once again. I believe this is the last player I'll do this for. So, um, Hall of Famer, nine-time All-Star. Uh, All-Star game MVP for 71. 69-70 assist champion and NBA 75th anniversary team member. Averaging 16.5 points per game, four rebounds, seven, almost seven assists, with a 43% field goal percentage, 95 win shares. Incredible career, Lenny Wilkins. I'm sorry. I really wish I didn't know more on him. And finally, the 75th or 76th player, however you want to count it, Dominique Wilkins. Now, when I go back to that uh, open court episode, Dominique was another guy where they're like, I don't understand how he didn't make it. Because when you go back, like, a lot of people be like, yeah, Dominique was a good dunker. Uh, no, he, I mean, he was, but he had so much more to this game. And, like, if you go to when the Hawks were playing the Celtics in the playoffs, the battles that he and Larry Bird had were unbelievable. And, yeah, I mean, they lost, I think, every time. But it's just like, what do you expect? His, his starting point guard is John Battle. Like what do you what do you think is gonna happen? Yeah, I mean, I guess he had Doc Rivers, um, John Concac there for a little bit, uh, Kevin Willis, just yeah, like one Cliff Levingston. Oh yeah, he'll help you. Come on, man, just so much more respect needs to be put on Dominique's name, other than he beat Jordan in one dunk contest and then lost Spud Webb in another. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, that's another guy. Spud Webb was his teammate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they should have won like four championships if they had Spud Webb. No, come on, man. And yeah, Dominique, just an unbelievable player, could just fly all over the place. One of the most powerful dunkers you'll ever see. Like you, you could tell he's like trying to rip the rim off the the backboard. But um, yeah. With that, Dominique Wilkins, uh, yeah, one hundred percent deserving. Was a snub in the fiftieth anniversary. Uh, I'm so glad he made it this time. So that'll be it for uh, this week's episode. Uh, next week we will be back to just me talking about different topics instead of just doing the seventy-fifth anniversary team. Um, but it has been a great team overall. I'm pleased with it. There's a couple players I'm like, eh, I don't know if they should be on there, but overall, it's it's a great team. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at theeverhard00, and I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.